0: welcome to the second tier betting your specialist podcast for punting on the championship you've got yourself a championship expert in me ryan dilks and your pro tipster it's only
1: jimmy the punt jimmy how do you do good afternoon oh good thank you looking forward to uh, this podcast how are you doing I'm not too bad. I'm looking forward to
0: the opening weekend of the championship because it's finally here. And not only am I excited for the return of football because it's been, you know, three or four weeks since the Euros and I'm, I'm, you know, if this was an addiction, I'd be having a bit of a relapse around this point. But now that it's finally here, I'm glad that it's back and I'm also excited for the betting side of things because I always find the opening weekend to be a bit of a treasure chest really in terms of nobody really knows what to predict and sometimes that can lead to
1: some attractive bets do you know what I mean I know exactly what you mean it's the time to hit the bookies and hit them hard isn't it because there's so much uncertainty mm-hmm. there's so much change tactical tweaks we need to we need to get on top of it and get on top of it quick
0: Absolutely. And it is worth saying, please gamble responsibly. And when the fun stops, stop. But in terms of results, I was looking at the odds for that. Nothing really particularly stood out for me this weekend. But when you have a little bit of a dive and a bit of a scratch under the surface and have a look at some of the odds for goal scorers, goals, then you find a bit more. I think the odds in terms of results are pretty much correct.
1: Were you finding that as well? No, it's a sticky one as well because... um... I found this year more so than ever coming off the back of the uh of COVID and the still the cancellations you get in uh in pre season there's very very little to go off in and finding little little tactical gems or whatever is pretty much non existent so I think it's learn as much as you can from the opening games without and trying to spin a bit of a profit and then these upcoming weeks will uh will really be I think we'll really have an edge on the bookies if we can find some stuff yeah spot on I, w- I would one bit of advice would be don't go crazy
0: this opening weekend because we are basing our, you know, our tips off our instincts really, aren't we? There's not much to go off at all, so let's crack straight into it, Jimmy. How about you start off with your nap for the opening weekend? Of yeah, the my
1: yeah, my nap is uh, West Brom with a quarter of a goal head start on the Asian handicap. Now you can get that at around one point eight nine, I think it was with Bet365, but William Hill, Unibet, 888 Sport, and BetVictor all have similar sort of prices on this market. And it is subject to quite a lot of, um, of change. So it, it, might, it might have um, gone up or down slightly uh, when you listen yeah. to this. For and, uh, anyone who doesn't
0: understand the Asian handicap, because it's certainly something I don't understand, could you give us a very brief um, rundown of what the Asian handicap actually is?
1: Yeah, so with with this bet, um, the quarter of a goal head start, what, what happens is half of your stake goes on West Brom with half a goal head start, which means that half of the bet is a winner if West Brom avoid defeat. And then the other half of the stake goes on West Brom with a zero goal head start. And the beauty of the Asian line is, unlike the normal handicap lines, is that if West Brom draw... um you get that half of your state refunded. And that doesn't normally happen on the handicap. So essentially this bet is a really cautious way of getting the baggies on side. And as long as they avoid defeat, um, we'll have a we'll have a healthy return. Yeah. I was looking at West Brom
0: and out of the results um, odds that were available, they were the one that kind of caught my eye. Cause they're quite big odds, aren't they? I think they were 21 to 10 last time I checked to win in a 90 minutes and considering plenty of people expecting them to do quite well this season I thought you probably won't get a better price than that all season but Asian handicap draw no bet anything like that probably a good way of going about it isn't it um any other reasoning
1: why you've gone for West Brom apart oh, yeah, from what yeah. I've just said yeah yeah it, like you just said though i I was really thinking about taking them on the on the nose but I just thought, relax, early doors, yeah, just just play it safe. So, like we said, we said there's little to nothing to go off um, sort of pre- like of the season. But I found uh, sort of analysing this game, there's an interesting contrast between the two managers uh, sort of on multiple levels. So, uh, on one hand, you've got Scott Parker uh, is the ultimate process man uh, pitted against Val Ishmael, a man who can get instant results. I mean, uh, going back to his time at Oakwell, um, last season, Barnsley not won any of their first seven domestic fixtures. Uh, Ishmael was hired on the 25th of October. Um, Barnsley then beat QPR 3-zip just two days later as the Reds went on to win four of five Ishmael's uh, of Ishmael's first games in charge. And I just think, obviously, that just speaks to the instant impact he had at, at Oakwell. And then, in contrast, you look at Scott, the, the job Scott Parker did at Fulham and he is certainly a character that brings stability to a club. But if you look at the promotion season with Fulham, which they ultimately chanced in the playoffs, uh, throughout Parker's uh, throughout the campaign there, Parker was never um, focused on going up. I mean, if you listen to him in the interviews from that season, he always referred to building something for the following campaign. And um, in that season, it's worth noting that the Cottage has only won three of their eight opening league games, which I think uh, sort of underpins the idea that Parker is a bit of a slow burner. Uh, uh, on a similar note, I, fi- I find it a bit of a strange appointment, really, because from what I understand, uh, the Cherries have been courting him for, for quite some time, quite a quite a number of years, and his methods don't necessarily yield the quickest results. Uh, and looking at that, the quality of that Bournemouth squad... I don't. I don't really think they have much time to be wasting uh, in the second tier if they if they're sort of uh, gambling on on getting back to uh, back to the top flight with the with the wage bills and stuff. And then um, the only other thing I've looked at uh, to do with this bet is the the the, uh, the squads and both sides are set to lose their big hitters. Dan Juma looks like he's off, and there's a bit of a standoff between the club and Mateus Pereira at West Brom. Uh, but in my opinion on the whole I think I think the baggies the baggies business over the summer has been better, and they do look ultimately uh more equipped to hit the ground running, yeah, you make a really good point with Dan Jumer and Pereira
0: because those two are more than likely not going to play in the game on friday night um so you've got to look at who's going to be playing instead. For Bournemouth, it's a bit questionable. You'd say either Junior Stanislas or a young lad, uh, Jaden Anthony, I think his name is. You wouldn't really fancy either of those to fill the gap that Dan Juma leaves behind, considering he was such a live wire for Bournemouth last season. Whereas Pereira, obviously a big loss for West Brom. However, they have got the quality and depth. If he doesn't play, you've got Matt Phillips or Robert Snodgrass, There were plenty of other options you can go there. Callum Robinson even as well. So, yeah, you're 100% right. And and that's why I think West Brom were probably the one side I was looking at to bet on on the nose um, this coming weekend. For me, my nap, well, I was going to have Huddersfield to beat Derby because I think two weeks ago, Huddersfield were like 16 to 5. It was unbelievable. Derby were nearly odds on, but that suddenly swung and now Huddersfield are odds on, which is one of the most craziest swings I've ever seen from a a 90 minutes market ever, but I'm going to go with under 2.5 and both teams not to score in Bristol city versus Blackpool. That's 11 to 10. You can get that at bet. Three, six, five. Now I'm kind of doing this with the idea that opening weekends either tend to be goal fests or very dull. Now, last season, there were only two games where it was both teams to score. The rest were all under 2.5. And I think that's mainly down to nerves and teams not wanting to lose on the opening day. Um, And there's also the caveat that fans are going to be back for, uh, well, pretty much every club in the Championship this weekend, or every club in the Championship this weekend. And for some clubs, they haven't played in front of fans for nearly a year and a half. So it might be quite jarring for some teams in that case. Um, And they might be looking at it and not be wanting to take many risks. So that's kind of my theoretical side of it. But on the other hand, I am also looking at Bristol City and Blackpool and thinking to myself, these are two sides which are seriously going to lack goals this season. Blackpool were the 13th highest scorers, I think, in League One last season. Now they're making the step up to the championship. I can't see them you know scoring goals for fun they've got Jerry Yates who scored 20 or so goals last season but a lot of them were from the penalty spot and then apart from that they've lost the second and third highest scorers in Sully Kaikai and Ellis Sims so that's not ideal and then Bristol City are another club who are lacking forward options this season they look like they're going to be relying heavily on Naki Wells who only just got into double figures last season. But apart from that, they're lacking creativity going forwards and they're lacking other scoring options. So I'm looking at these two teams thinking they're not going to score many goals this season. They're both coming together on the opening day of the season. Therefore, I think 11 to 10 for this to be a low scoring game, will uh, reflects some decent value in this. Would you agree with that, Jimmy?
1: Yeah, hundred percent, especially uh, like you said on multiple levels, because, You've got the the Bristol City. If you look at their squad, especially midfield, and like you said, attack it. Do, it does. It's very uh, industrious, isn't it likes it likes it creativity. Yeah, and um, they're coming. the The if you look at the squads, they're coming to it in contrasting form. In the sense that Bristol uh, Bristol City just took a bit of a nosedive towards the end of last season, and Blackpool um, were arguably the best team in League One if you look at the at, at the second half of the season. But what they'll be both be desperately keen to do. Is build a bit of a momentum. If that means a nil nil draw or draw a point to get the season up and up and running, I've, I think they'll, they'll both take that. And uh, yeah, yeah, good see. Like you said, uh, the fans uh, would add a bit of uh, the uh, bit cagey, a bit of a cagey game. Yeah, that's what exactly
0: what I'm thinking. And with under 2.5 and both teams not to score, you're basically saying it's going to be under 2.5 and it's not going to be one all. So I think it just adds a tiny bit more value than the five to six that's on offer for just your normal bang average under 2.5. Let's go to our next best bets, Jimmy. What have you got?
1: Next best, I've got Luton v, pre, uh, v. Peterborough and over 2.5 goals. Uh, it's around. It's quite consistent across uh, most bookmakers. It's uh, best odds twenty-one to twenty with William Hill and UniBet. But I'd probably take the even money with available with most bookies, though. If you haven't got either of them, two.
0: Yeah, uh, in- and it's quite interesting you say that because my next best bet is Luton to win and both teams to score. So we're thinking along a similar wavelength there, Jimmy, my boy.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent, and completely opposite to what we were just saying about the uh, Bristol. Uh, Bristol City Blackpool game really, uh, but I, I yeah. do think we're gonna have one hell of a game on our hands at, um, at, at Kenworth Road. I, I'll start. I'll start with the visitors really, because uh, Posh scored sixty-one goals from open play last season, which was the most of any side in the in the football league, and it's no wonder why because their attacking options are scary. They've got the likes of uh, Johnson, Clark, Harris, Dembele, uh, Smodics. Uh, and all of these players have a point to prove at this level, especially the latter. And they've also brought in the likes of Joel Randall from Exeter uh, and Jack Marriott. who's uh, And while their pedigree at this level isn't exactly um, proven, they're both hell of options to have off the bench, aren't they?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the the one thing that everyone keeps worrying with Peterborough is that they're going to concede a lot of goals this season as well as scoring. So they're going to be an entertaining side to watch. I can almost certainly guarantee that. Um, they had the sixth best defensive record in League One last season, which might not sound too bad, but what we've seen in the past is that teams who have decent defensive records in League One they made the step up to the championship and it's a completely different story. I mean, Coventry, a yeah. couple of seasons ago, had the best defensive record in League One, but were one of the worst teams defensively in the championship last season. And I think it's the transition from being a side which dominates games in League One week in, week out, to a side that isn't doing that week in, week out. And it's quite hard for teams to adjust. So I think they will be exposed at the back quite a bit this this season, but they will score goals on, at the same time. But the reason I've gone Luton to win is because Luton, they look like a frightening prospect this season. If you listen to our promotion tips from a Monday. I won't go over it again, but they look like a side who could definitely be challenging for the top six this season at the very least. So yeah, I I fancy Luton to go well. Peterborough, I think will be in the bottom half of the table and Mm. it just makes sense with 15 to four, that kind of value on Peterborough, both teams to score in future, future games throughout the season might not be available later on in the season. So it's worth jumping on now, in my opinion. Yeah, Let's finish yeah. off, Jimmy, with our long shots then, shall we? Um we'll go with you first. Who have you got? You've gone for a goal scorer,
1: I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think like we said at the start, I think if you think you've got a bit of an edge, you you you've got to get you've got to get with it quick. And I've gone for uh, Matt Crooks to score anytime at six to one with Bet 365. That's in the uh, Fulham versus Middlesbrough game on Sunday. And what I love to see uh, when I'm looking at a bet is a bit of uncertainty amongst the different bookies as to what to price him, price a player at, you know, in these markets and mm. and and there is quite a range uh which is unusual this early well, it, it's not unusual this early on in the season. Bet Bet Fair and Paddy Power uh have been priced at seven to two, whereas most other bookies have him at around nine to two. So Three six fives as price of six to one is certainly a bit of a standout, um, and and that that uh, with that point being made, I think this is a bet uh, that you should stick with. So, for example, if he doesn't score at Craven Cottage, don't lose the faith. Uh, just stick with it because long term, I think this price will make you money. So, statistically speaking, his odds give the implied chance of him scoring at fourteen point three percent. Um, now he's already scored for Boring preseason. That was against Plymouth, for sort of Frank Lampard-esque uh, running to the box um, last campaign. He finished as Rotherham's third top goalscorer with six, which isn't uh, isn't a particularly uh, amazing tally, especially in comparison to how many games he played. But it's worth noting that that side did get relegated and only scored 43 goals. So he chipped in from midfield with 14% of their overall goals. That's a uh, was an average of zero point one seven per ninety. Uh, and in League One, he also bagged himself nine goals, which was an average of zero point three per ninety and sixteen percent of Rotherham's total. So I just get the sense that it's it's uh it's a very near worn I guess signing. He's a big lad. And given the way Bora you assume Borough are gonna play um not necessarily direct, but lots of balls into the box, lots of bodies in the box, lots of midfield runners. I feel like his um his goal tally is going to go up a notch this season. And uh, yeah, I want to get on board early with that. Yeah, I
0: mean, that's a massive shout. A really, really good shout as well. Uh, Very well researched as well, if you don't mind me saying. Um, (laughs) But the the fact he got six goals in a struggling Rotherham side last season implies that he's going to go better this season. And you have got to remember as well, Neil Warnock's sides often rely on goals coming from all around the pitch, not just the strikers. So that would imply that Matt crooks is going to be getting forward this season and six to one to score any time, as you say. in a two months time time spell, you might be looking at that and thinking to yourself, wow, that was really, really good value. Um, I know Justin, I was speaking to him not too long ago. I think he was saying Matt Crooks is going to get double figures this season. So you know when you've got a magnificent mind like Justin Peach saying that, You've, you've
1: got to listen, ladies and gentlemen. I remember he was way ahead of the curve with uh, James Garner last season, wasn't he, as well? So, well, if he's got some time from Justin, then I all think. I'm saying is a
0: broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> um, <laughs> he won't listen to this, so it's absolutely fine. Um, finally, then, my long shot. I've also gone for a goal scorer, and it's an eight to one to score any time shot, and it's big Aidan Flint at Cardiff City. Now, the reason for this is quite simple, really. Cardiff were the top scorers from set pieces last season with 26, nine more than the next highest scoring side. That is not going to change under under Big Mick this season. They are going to continue to rely on set pieces. Meanwhile, Barnsley who Cardiff are playing this weekend they conceded the third highest amount from set pieces last season and with a new coach in charge as well as trying to bed in this new style of play will he have spent that much time focusing on set pieces you can only assume not now in terms of players big key for more someone I was originally eyeing up as a decent bit of value I'm not sure he's going to play It he might be a chance that he is but he hasn't played in preseason. I know he got struck down with coronavirus as well. So that makes me think he might not play, but Mick McCarthy might look at it and think, well, he's not completely unfit because he was just playing at the Euros. So it might be worth chucking him in. Um, the other player who I was looking at was Sean Morrison, who's another player who might not be available because he's recovering from a dislocated shoulder from the end of last season. So if you take out those two, then the next in line, for value would be Aidan Flint hasn't necessarily had the greatest of greatest of times at Cardiff City but this is a man who's got a track record of scoring goals from the back in League One with Bristol City in 2014-15 he got 14 goals 14 goals from a centre-back, which is just remarkable. And then in the three seasons after that, he got six, five and eight. And this was in the championship as well. So I fancy him to get back to his goal-scoring ways with Cardiff City this season, especially if they continue to have the emphasis on scoring from set pieces. So I think eight to one score any time for Aidan Flint. That's a decent long shot in my eyes. And also 18 to one if you fancy him to score first any time. Considering what we were saying earlier about opening weekends, not necessarily having many goals. So that might be a bit of value as well. Um, Well, Jimmy, I think that's just about it from us on this edition of the second tier betting. Just before we pop off, can I get you to just go through your picks for the opening weekend of the championship season?
1: Yeah, course. Cool. So my nap is West Brom with a quarter of a goal head start on the Asian handicap at 1.89 with bet 365. My next best bet is in the Lutonbrough v Peterborough game. Uh, did I say Lutonbrough? Like the Luton. Lutonbrough. <laughs> in the Luton v Peterborough game. It's over 2.5 goals at 21 to 20 with William Hill. And then my long shot is Matt Crooks to score any time at six to one with Bet365. I think that
0: Matt Krug shouts. I'm very jealous that I didn't say that because I think (laughs) that is a really, really good shout. Uh, My picks, my nap is under 2.5 and both teams not score in the Bristol City versus Blackpool game. Luton to win and both teams to score is my next best bet. That's 15 to four at William Hill and bet 365. I can't remember if I said the odds from a nap, but it's 11 to 10 at bet 365. And then my long shot is Aidan Flint to score any time at eight to one. And that's the general price across all the bookies so there we go ladies and gentlemen our first picks for the opening weekend of the championship as always please gamble responsibly and when the fun stops stop we'll be back again next Thursday because this is going to be a weekly thing ladies and gentlemen it's not just a one thing and done we're here to keep you going throughout the whole season and we look forward to it this has been the second tier betting Jimmy the Punt thank you for your time today my pleasure I've been Ryan Dilks and to you listener thank you for listening